Please take your Bibles and let's go to Matthew's Gospel. Matthew chapter 26. If you're visiting with us or you need a Bible in the chair in front of you down below, there's a black Bible there. You can pull that out. Go to the back. They renumber the New Testament, what's called the New Testament. And find page 23 to find Matthew chapter 26. Matthew chapter 26. We're going to start in verse 47. 47 to 56 this morning. Matthew 26, 47 to 56. Matthew chapter 26, starting in verse 47. Let's read this together. And while he was still speaking, look, Judas, where the twelve came, and with them a great multitude or crowd having swords and clubs from the chief priests and elders of the people. And the one who was betraying him gave to them a sign saying, Whomever I shall kiss, he is the one, seize him. And immediately coming to Jesus, he said, Hail, Rabbi, and kissed him. And Jesus said to him, Friend, do what you've come to do. And then coming to him, they laid hands on Jesus and seized him. Then, behold, one of those who was with Jesus, extending his hand, drew his sword, and striking the slave of the high priest, he cut off his ear. Then Jesus said to him, Put your sword back into its place, for all those who take up the sword will perish by the sword. Or don't you think that I cannot appeal to my Father and He will at once put at my disposal more than twelve legions of angels? 54. Therefore, how will the Scriptures be fulfilled in order that it must become like this? At that time, Jesus said to the crowd, As against the robber have you come with swords and clubs to arrest me? Every day I sat in the temple teaching And you did not seize me. But all this has come in order that the scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples leaving him, they fled. Robert Hansen. Anybody heard of Robert Hansen? He's a former FBI agent. Nobody? former FBI agent who spied for Soviet and Russian intelligence services against the U.S. for 22 years, from 1979 to 2001. During his espionage career, Hansen comprised, uh, compromised scores of investigations and operations, including the surveillance of suspected mole Felix Bloch and completed an eavesdropping tunnel directly under the Soviet embassy decoding room. At one time, he even became responsible for apprehending himself, and he passed some of that off to Aldrich Ames. Worse, however, were his leaks to to the USSR of every KJB agent contacting the FBI, conveniently identifying detected double agents and prospective defectors alike. The FBI was so perplexed at finding Hansen 
They had to buy the information and put them away, most of which they already had. Cash and Hansen's carelessness eventually led to his capture, and in 2001, he pled guilty to 13 counts of espionage in the United States. He was then sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole and can be found in America's Supermax prison today, where he remains in a cell alone 23 hours a day. Many have described his activities as, quote, possibly the worst intelligence disaster in U.S. history. Everyone hates a traitor because you feel betrayed. Disloyalty stabbed in the back. If you were to ask people, and nobody knew who Robert Hansen was, but if you were to ask anybody off the street, hey, what are the uh, top two traitors in, in all of history? They'll probably tell you Benedict Arnold and Judas Iscariot. Even songs by people who do not know Christ are written about Judas Iscariot. You too. Their famous song, Pride, in the name of love, one man betrayed with a kiss. It's sad what you see here. And yet we come to this part in Matthew's gospel which still his theme of bow down and worship Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God, the King of Israel, the judge of the world. Bow down and worship Jesus since he faced betrayal for us. You're gonna see a series of of, uh, themes, sub-themes, so to speak, how Jesus did this on our behalf. And today we'll see how he faced betrayal for us. Jesus faced betrayal and arrest for us calmly and purposefully. He faced this betrayal and you'll see his action or you can say his reaction which was no reaction. He was just smooth, purposeful, calm, uh, another statement is, is Jesus' disciples panicked and fled and his arresters forcefully seized him. Jesus faced his betrayal calmly and purposefully. I mean, you, we've talked about this before and you've seen this in Matthew's gospel. So many different times we are coming close to the end of going through Matthew's gospel, 65 messages in Matthew's gospel it will be Uh, and we've seen for all this time Jesus has been totally in charge and Matthew's trying to make you understand that one of his sub themes in his gospel Jesus is in control he knows what he's doing and Jesus he faced betrayal for us so that the Father may be loyal to us as his children. 
Jesus faced arrest so that we may not be arrested but may have a free relationship with the Father through the Lord Jesus Christ. We are free indeed, not because we live in America, but because we are in Christ. No matter where you are in this world, you are free when you love and trust Christ. And because Jesus was betrayed, the Father will be loyal to you. Because Jesus faced betrayal, the Father's love and compassion will never go away. He will always be loyal to his people because all of that was pushed on Jesus. Remember the vicarious substitutionary atonement of Jesus? It was put on him so you can face not God's wrath but his mercy and forgiveness and love. That's why it's so important if you don't know Jesus Christ today, you should repent and trust Christ because then you can experience what we just sang a few moments ago, depth of mercy. Can there be mercy given to me? Yes, if the Father can give you mercy in Christ Jesus and it's only in Jesus that you'll find mercy. Not in anything you'll do, not in your good deeds, they get you nowhere. It's only in Jesus Christ and his death on the cross. And, and we come to this part, the beginning of how Jesus is facing this on our behalf. Jesus faced betrayal for us. But you see, the Father's in charge. You see, the Son is in charge of all the events taking place, even the specific actions of Jesus, betrayers and arresters. I mean, it is so true. God is always in charge of human events, Proverbs 16.1. He's in charge. And he's doing this so he can have a people saved for himself. Jesus and his small band of disciples, there were no zealots, but he was treated as such. Why? Because he resolved to drink the cup of the Father's wrath. But the whole time, he's calm, he's in charge. You know, you... You observe Judas's treachery. We're going to see the disciples' their cowardice and impetuousness, uh, the, 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 the aggressiveness of the arresters. And yet you see Jesus, his bravery, his strength. He's meek. Strength under control. Amid all the evil that was taking place, <laughs> Christ reminded not just his disciples, but even his arresters, that he's in charge and God's word's gonna be fulfilled. You even see kind of a little bit of a rebuke to Judas from Jesus. He rebukes his disciples and even he rebukes the crowd. He didn't display the behavior of some insurrectionist, which you would normally see. <clears throat> or some terrified fugitive of the law. He was peaceful. Remember, he resolved to do the Father's will. Look, God's purposes always stand, even using the sin of sinful men to accomplish those purposes. Interesting, we were talking about that this morning in the first hour. I was like, oh, 
That's so true. We were just talking about that in the first hour, going through the doctrines of grace in the Old Testament. One of the things we were just talking about just an hour ago. God's purposes always stand, and he will use the sin of sinful men to accomplish his purposes. What we mean for evil, God means for good. Genesis 50, 20. God decrees, but people are culpable and responsible for their actions. And you also see how Jesus face betrayal and on our behalf so that the Father can be loyal and faithful to us. Know this, dear Christian follower of Jesus, God's love for us will always remain steadfast. His loving kindness is from everlasting to everlasting. Why? Because all the things that should be poured out on you, Christian, was poured out on the Son. And here's the first aspect. He faced betrayal. Judas's betrayal, verse 47. While he was still speaking, notice verse 46. Arise, let's go, behold, the one who betrays me is near and he's still, that's coming out of his mouth. Judas, one of the twelve, came and with them a great crowd having swords and clubs from the chief priests and elders of the people. Here's the treachery and the deception within the close group. One of those chosen by Jesus to be his disciple, or rather chosen to be his betrayer, and notice they're from the chief priests and elders of the people. Uh, uh, these were the temple guards. They were the official reps of the Sanhedrin who wielded their clubs and swords as if to portray Jesus as some revolutionary insurrectionist who was out to kill them. Notice what happens here in verse 48. And the one who was betraying him gave to them a sign, saying, Whomever I shall kiss, it is he. Seize him. To identify Jesus to the arresters, Judas would kiss Jesus since it was dark. Identification would be difficult. But calling him rabbi with a kiss showed Judas's disdain of Jesus. He was no true disciple of Christ. And you remember, we've talked about this before, oh, in Matthew's gospel, and, and not talking about Mark's gospel or Luke's or John's, but in Matthew's gospel, he's, he emphasized that the people in Matthew's gospel who called Jesus rabbi were not really his disciples. They didn't really believe him, even though they called him rabbi. So here you see his true colors were coming out and, and, and then he does this ironic action of kiss which portrayed brotherhood, affirmation, honor. It was a symbol of care and love. Like when Daniel kisses me, thank you Daniel, brother. Every time he kisses me, it's always an act of love. I appreciate that, brother. I don't, know. don't ever kiss me. <laughs> He's not planning on it. But I would take it that way. Ward, okay, you can Actually, I think you have. Because he's a daddy. <coughs> but here was a traitorous, traitorous action that is despicable, despicable to us because Jesus was stabbed in the back. Judas stabbed Jesus in the back. So here is Judas' betrayal of Jesus. And then notice 
if you would, from this point down to verse 56, to different actions or reactions, you will see. And you'll go back and forth. Here, 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 here. Because notice first, Jesus, he's calm. Verse 50. After he went to Jesus, hail rabbi, kissed him. Verse 50, Jesus said to him, friend, do what you've come to do, friend. Which actually, actually means only an acquaintance and yet friendly nonetheless. A friendly greeting but such irony. He should have been a real friend to Jesus, yet he was far from it. And that phrase, some, it's like an, it's an idiom, meaning do what you've come to do. Notice how Je- Jesus had planned this moment. They came, laid hands on Jesus and seized him. He was in their custody now, but notice how Jesus was totally calm at what was happening to him. He was at peace. Here's, here's Jesus' response. Here's Jesus' action. Calm. And notice kind of the opposite to that. The disciples' impetuousness. This verse 51, uh, and behold, one of those was with Jesus, extending his hand he drew his sword and striking the slave of the high priest, he cut off his ear, a clumsy response by a disciple. Maybe the slave was trying to duck uh, and maybe the disciple just missed his head. An impetuous move by this disciple, which from other gospels we know, it's Peter. And we kind of go, oh yeah, I'm Peter. Thinking it was time to act. Time to move, here we go. It's time for us to take it now. And then you see Jesus' response. His response, he rebukes his action. (laughs) Verse 52. Jesus said to him, put your sword back into its place for all those who take up the sword shall perish by the sword. In Matthew's gospel, Jesus responded two different ways that you only see in Matthew's gospel. You see the other ways in, in the other gospels. But there's two different things that Matthew points out to us that Jesus said that's only in Matthew's gospel. And this first one is here when Jesus says, for all those who take up the sword shall perish by the sword. It reminds us of Jesus' teaching back in chapter 5, verse 38 to 42 in the Sermon on the Mount. This doesn't necessarily support total pacifism, but yet it's true that violence reproduces itself in our fallen world, begets violence. That's very true. One writer put it like this, the warlike will perish at the hands of the warlike. Well, that's been seen very clearly in our world when you go to Chaz or the Chop in Seattle, the anarchy was there. Violence begat violence. Did it not? Again, not necessarily a case for total pacifism, even though some might take it that way, but consider these words from Jesus. 
Jesus did not advocate violence of any kind. On the contrary, he willingly embraced the Father's plan, which was the cross. So he rebukes this disciple, and then notice another response or action from Jesus. He's like, I have control of this. Verse 53, (laughs) don't you know I cannot, that I just can't appeal to my father and once put at my disposal more than 12 legions of angels? He could ask the father. A legion was around 6,000 soldiers, so around 72,000 angels. (laughs) Yeah. Do you really think I'm totally defenseless, guys? Mm. My father could send thousands to take out these puny men efforts with their little dinky swords and clubs. And have over 70,000 angels around here like that. Jesus is controlled, and he's powerful. which leads us to another response, reaction from Jesus. He's purposeful. Verse 54, Therefore, how will the scriptures be fulfilled? You know what's most important to Jesus? It's the purposes of God and the word of God being fulfilled. What's most important is that God's word is fulfilled. He will do the will of the Father according to the Old Testament scripture. God has planned and people by their thoughts, words, and actions fulfill it. And I'm gonna do it. Notice Jesus, just his calm, controlled, peaceful, purposeful mindset thank you Jesus for doing this for us he knew what he had to do God's divine purpose was being fulfilled and notice what he says here at the end of verse 54 in order that it must happen this way New American Standard in order that it must happen is the Greek word day We've talked about this before, which means it must be or it must happen. It has to be this way. God's purposes stand. People are culpable for their actions. God will use even the sin of sinful men to bring about his purposes and his plan. It was meant for Jesus to die for us in our place for all our sins. He was betrayed for you. There's one aspect you can focus on and remember when you're partaking of the Lord's Supper. Jesus, you were betrayed for me so that I can have the loyalty and the faithfulness of the Father. This reminds me of this. These elements remind me that I will always have the faithfulness and the loyalty of the Father because you were betrayed for me. Jesus purposeful. And, and notice as well what happens here. You can even count this as Jesus rebuking the crowd here. I kind of put it as first uh, the crowd with their injustice. It's here at verse 55. 
at that time Jesus turned to the multitudes, the crowd. And in the Greek, the first phrase is this phrase, as against a robber, as against a robber have you come with swords and clubs to arrest me. And the word robber, interesting, actually could mean political revolutionary. So Jesus is almost being <clears throat> sarcastic. Sarcasm, it's, it's so effective at times. <clears throat> have you come with swords and clubs to arrest me? Like, a political revolutionary? Really? He confronted their just action. As if he's leading some kind of rebellion, right? As if he was involved in some political subversion, right? I mean, and notice what he says here, the next part here, verse 55. Every day, his habitual action, I sat not in a chance with, with all these people. No, he was sitting. In the temple, public area, not in some private secluded spot. Okay, this is what we're going to do. and uh, Conspire, da, 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 da. Secret, that's what we're going to do. No. In the temple, teaching. That was a good lawful activity. How, how is that bad? If I'm so dangerous, why did you not arrest me sooner? And you did not seize me. He pointed out that their action was anything but justice. They did not want justice. They weren't interested in justice. They wanted violence. They wanted him dead they didn't care about justice as a matter of fact we could even and, and later on we will we'll talk about how Jesus faced injustice for us I mean we should face the justice of God and Jesus I mean he was perfect why should he face justice I mean he's perfect but it's flopped so he gets what we should have faced and then we get mercy and grace. An insurrectionist would hide from the public. Uh, he would not be out in the open. Jesus did the very opposite to that. No. On the contrary, they were arresting him <clears throat> privately, secretly, and deceptively. Yet, here was a just honest, godly God-man being treated unfairly and unjustly. When we should be given justice, Jesus endured it for us. And then notice, once again you see Jesus, he's purposeful. Again, his action or his reaction Verse 56, but all this has come in order that the scriptures of the prophets may be fulfilled. Again, to fulfill it. Jesus was purposeful. Their stealth little action totally fulfilled God's ordained plan for his son according to Old Testament scripture. I mean, they all thought they were being clever. 
smart <laughs> by doing this. How foolish. One writer says this, quote, foolish and wicked men can never overthrow the purposes of God, end quote. No, they can't. In contrast, actually, uh, foolish and wicked people will fulfill the purposes and plans of God. That's so true. And all this, Jesus endured for us. He was betrayed for us. So you have all this happening, Jesus' betrayal, and then, then there's a re- the response from Jesus. He's calm. He's at peace. He's purposeful. I mean, he's controlled. Everything. You see the crowd, they're like, da-da-da. You know, they're like, whatever. And then you hear the see, read this part in verse 56. Then all the disciples leaving him, they fled. This is the disciples' last response. Disciples, they fled. They're gone. We're out of here. Though they should have known, right? Because Jesus had just warned them, like about 12 hours ago, 10 hours ago. They didn't realize the plot. Remember, they were shocked at Judas' betrayal. They saw Peter's futile attempt to resist, and then Jesus kind of rebukes him. They're like, what? And then they watched their master reason with these arresters and not resist them at all. At that point, they were so distraught. Leaving him, they fled. And Jesus' word was immediately fulfilled just as he predicted in 26:31, And he was left all alone with his unjust, hateful accusers. There's more to come, as you will see in, next, in the weeks to follow. Jesus facing all these different things. But today we will focus on this part of Jesus' face, betrayal, and rest for us calmly and purposefully. And as you, we move into the time where we will celebrate the Lord's Supper, you can think of it this way, Jesus faced betrayal for, you can say for me, so that the Father may be loyal to me as his child of God. Jesus faced arrest so that we may not be arrested but may have a free relationship with the Father through him. So maybe that truth will be one of the truths you will focus on as we partake of the Lord's Supper and and take the time to remember what Jesus has done on our behalf. And there's other things you would remember. I'm not saying that's the only thing, but that's one that you can bring to your mind. And uh, let me give you some instructions for the Lord's Supper, and then uh, we'll pray. That's God to help us to focus on the gospel during this time. So this is for those of you who know Christ. If you've come from a church of like faith and practice and for us as Baptists you've been baptized by immersion we would invite you to partake of this with us you don't have to be a member here and this is for believers though it's not for someone who doesn't know Jesus Christ and we would encourage you I would if you have something against someone else and you've not gone to reconcile with that person Christian or non-Christian 
um, maybe it'd be better for you to wait. And then the next time we partake of the Lord's Supper, then you can partake of it with us. And as we kind of did it a couple weeks ago, um, I have people come to the front and then you can take it and it's individually wrapped, so it makes it nice and easy for you. Um, but what we'll do is we'll, we'll sing one verse of the communion hymn and then I'll give you instructions and you can come at, your, at the time as you see fit and take that and then, and then we'll sing two verses of the communion hymn and then we'll partake of the bread and the juice together, okay? So, but I'll, I'll, I'll lead you and guide you along in the process. So. But let's ask God to bless us with the spirit to remind us of the gospel truth and what we've seen from his words. Let's do that together. And so Father, we want to pray and ask that you by your spirit will remind us, spirit of truth, of the truth. Jesus, you are the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through you. And as we reflect upon what you, Lord Jesus, have done, remind us that we have been saved by this grace and we stand in this grace and may we live in this grace. Remind us of this gospel truth. Remind us, O Lord Jesus, what you have done. Remind us that because you've been betrayed, loyalty comes to us from the Father. Faithfulness, the faithful, steadfast love of the Lord never ceases because of you, Jesus. Not because of anything that we have done, that's for sure. No, it's you, Lord Jesus. Remind us of this, the gospel truth, forgiveness of all our sins. You save a people for yourself and you change us. Remind us of this great truth of the gospel. It, It saves us and you change us to be a people who reflect you. And also remind us of the promise that one day you will return. You'll take us home. And you'll make all these wrongs and these horrible injustices in, these world, in this world, you'll make them right. So we proclaim your death until you come. Before we sing, I want to encourage you, take a moment between you and the triune God, examining your heart, speaking the gospel to yourself, remind yourself of truth and the freedom that you have in Jesus, the guilt and shame that's gone. Examine your heart, bring repentance, confess, lift up the Lord Jesus, and then we'll sing in a few moments, but do that now.